Welcome to the CRA Resource Show. CRA Resources is a unique recruitment agency with the single focus of providing CRA staffing for clinical studies across North America. My name is Becky Clark and I'm Operations Manager at CRA Resources. Today we're sitting down with Angela Roberts, Head of Recruiting, and one of our senior recruiters, Natalie Priggy. We'll be discussing this month's newsletter theme of New Year, New You, and how to become a CRA, and how entry-level candidates can compete. If you missed our last podcast about rejections, uh, with the goal of discussing how to make a not-now statement while fostering a continued relationship with a client, make sure to visit craresources.com slash blog to listen and check out our latest blog posts. You can also sign up there to get this content delivered straight to your inbox. So I'll turn it over to Angela so she can give us some more detail on our topic today. Thank you, Miss Becky. So one thing that I want to make sure that I call out right to begin with is while we are having an entire month theme of new CRAs or or helping to foster competitiveness of those individuals who may have less experience than the senior CRAs. Our firm's focus really is in the placement of experienced clinical research professionals. Our business model has always been to provide that CRA career coaching to individuals that we're representing, which means they've passed our pre-qualification process and they're in our queue and we're representing them to the sponsors that we support. But with that being said, we're approached often by individuals who are aspiring CRAs. They're either very green in the field or they want to break into the field. And up until recently, we really didn't have a lot of advice to give them. But now I I feel like we do. We've networked quite a bit. We've got some really great resources. We can point folks into the right direction. And that's really where a lot of the tips and tricks come from for this month. Awesome. Um, So let's get started with Natalie. How do you recommend breaking into the CRA role? Well, the first thing that I tell folks when they're wanting to get into the CRA role, even if they don't have the experience, because a lot of the times, you know, folks want to or clients, I should say, want to hire folks that have the experience. But if you don't have the experience um, or if you have little experience is to go to the big five CROs um, and apply even if they don't have a job, just put your resume in their database. The challenge is that sometimes they do not post those entry-level positions, so being in their database will allow them to see your resume and your credentials. Um, And then when they do have an opening that they're going to post, they can just grab your information and kind of get you through their process. Um, Two other great companies other than the big five CROs are MedPace and Novella. They have a very, very strong training program for entry-level candidates. So that would be my number one tip is to just go out there and put your resume, put yourself into their database so they have that. And before Um, you move on to the next point, Natalie, just a quick question. For these newbies um, getting into the CRA role, can you elaborate on which are the big five CROs in case anybody's not familiar? Sure. So I would say like PPD, PRA, IQVIA, Paracel. I feel like I'm missing one. Cineos. Cineos. Thank you. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and of course, so PRA slash like, icon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those would be like the big, big zeros. And then, of course, don't forget the MedPace and Novella, like I stated. Okay. And even though, thanks so much. And yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just like to call this out because even though 
Novella is affiliated with IQVIA, they're actually a part of the the whole program. They still have their own program for entry-level CRAs, and they are very well known in the industry for hiring those individual CRAs. And and, um, also to your point, Natalie, they may not have these positions posted, but apply anyway. Just make sure you've got a real good cover letter so that people right. don't think that you've fallen and bumped your head and applied mm-hmm. for positions that you're seriously underqualified for. Let people know what you're doing by putting in a, a really good cover letter that you're just you really just want to work for them and that, you know, you don't have the experience, but you want it. That's yep. a great point, Angela. Yeah, I agree with that as well. And also even for like those folks that are wanting to move into that CRA role or have that, you know, little bit of experience, patience is a big thing too. Mm. Um, you know, trying to get in it the right way and just having a little bit of that patience, which also leads into the networking side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that, you know, has to do with who, who you're networking with. And a big part of it, too, is how you network yourself, which one of the tools that we have nowadays is LinkedIn. Um, having a detailed LinkedIn profile, professional photo, your full name, and a flushed out experience of your employment you pretty much want your LinkedIn profile to reflect what your resume is the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Um, And they also have to remember that LinkedIn is a professional online tool. It is not just a social media platform. It is a professional tool to use. So you want to use it to your advantage and network the heck out of LinkedIn to build your brand as a CRA. Mm-hmm. Um, those would be the two things that I would definitely recommend is just go ahead, apply, even if they don't have that position open. Um, like Angela stated, add that cover letter is huge and then networking yourself the right way in LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree, Natalie. And it's interesting that you say that because this week alone I've received several LinkedIn connection requests from individuals who have no profile picture. Mm -hmm. They use first name, last initial, nothing's on their profile as it relates to experience. And and I don't accept those. I don't accept those connection requests. Mm -hmm. If individuals aren't taking the time to brand themselves, then, I mean, how much time are they really going to take to go through our qualification process seriously. And and I get it. I know that some people don't understand how important LinkedIn is to this industry, but don't underestimate that. All of you guys out there that are looking, don't underestimate how powerful it can be. And and be careful with what you're participating on in LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn has an algorithm. If all you do is like kitten videos, that is all you're going to get in your feed. You want to make sure that you're behaving as a professional on that professional network. This is not Facebook. This is a professional networking site. Agreed with that. Yeah, it's it's very important to make sure that they understand that it's two different platforms, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, all those other social medias. It's not LinkedIn. You have mm-hmm. to treat LinkedIn as your, as part of your brand, as mm-hmm. part of your business networking tool. So yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Great. So in terms of, you know, we've talked a little bit about CRAs getting out there to get the um, hard skills and experience. What about soft skills? Is there anything that we can recommend uh, to candidates to really build up their soft skills? 
Well, I think the biggest thing really from a soft skill perspective, and it's interesting because I'm writing a um, I'm, I'm creating a document now that's going to be a takeaway because I want people to be able to take a look at some of the soft skills that anyone at any level can use to compete for CRE positions, things like their time management and organizational skills, their critical thinking skills, their communication skills, how they handle conflict, all of those things that really make a CRA a CRA. I mean, you can be trained how to do SDV. Mm-hmm. Regulatory, you learn that. GCP, you pass tests on that. But it's being able to navigate the dynamics at the site, being able to handle the that individual that is the lead coordinator at a site, and she's been in that role for 20 years, but she's made a mistake. How do you correct that without infringing on her and being disrespectful to the number of years she's had in the industry? Those bridges are hard to navigate unless you've got really strong soft skills. And so we focus quite a bit on that in one of the articles that we've put into our newsletter this month, because I do think it's critically important to be able to hone those quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I would definitely agree with that. And even when I'm interviewing these folks, you know, we do touch base on those soft skills experience and how they manage those situations. Um, Sometimes I feel like CRAs, when they have conversations with us to get them, you know, to get them into an opportunity, they don't look at it as, oh, they they just kind of wink through the questions and just kind of very give us short answers. But, you know, you got to also remember it's important to have those really successful soft skills. And I think it starts with from the beginning when you start becoming a CRA, how you handle those situations. So it's definitely important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the soft skills that we've highlighted in some of the content this month is public speaking mm-hmm. skills. You know, um, you're going to need to be proficient in conducting mm-hmm. SIVs, presenting at investigator meetings, mm-hmm. or as you progress through your career to management. You know, we've got, I think, a good article out there this month about helping you understand, you know, how to develop these skills and, um, you know, how important it's going to be throughout your career as a CRA. Yeah. Yeah. One of our really awesome colleagues in the industry wrote this for us, Elizabeth Weeks Rowe, and it has some really great tips on it. Just kind of a checklist on how to overcome your anxiety, how to prepare, how to, to look smooth in your presentation, even if you feel like you're crumbling on the inside. And uh, and you're right, Becky, it is really important. Every CRA is going to have to do an SIV or present in front of a, a group of investigators at some point. And being buttoned up in, in your presentation skills is so important to be successful. Mm-hmm. So then once CRAs learn the soft skills and they put their brand together and then they're going to start putting themselves out there for jobs, um, in an effort to get the most exposure possible, you might think it's best to apply for anything and everything. You know, that old adage, the more darts you throw at a board, uh, (laughs) you'll have better odds at sticking, you know, something's going to stick. But Angela, is it smart to apply to multiple job openings within the same company? It depends. <laughs> Doesn't everybody love that answer? <laughs> you know, I'm running a poll on that right now, actually. The results, I'll be revealing those next week because it really does depend. What I will tell you is this, is that when I or any of the team members on this team review someone's job application and we compare it to the resume, we're looking for the story that they're telling. And if all you've ever done is management, and now you're applying for a CRA gig. I want to know why. 
right? You know, is there is there a re? I mean, there has to be a reason. And and the problem that I see is that often individuals who are applying for positions they allow the team that's reviewing their job applications and resumes to use their imagination. You guys don't do that. Don't let us use our imagination. It's never going to end well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that I see, too, is we want to look and see if people are in control of their career. You, you know, we had a, a candidate and I wrote about this this past week that applied for 12 positions on our website. Seriously underqualified for sev- every single one of them. Oh, wow. You know, that shows desperation, shows there's no control. And it makes me feel that the individual is, how shall I say, desperate grasping at straws yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. I said Becky they're throwing stuff at the wall right and and the individual is not going to be able to perform the role they don't have the experience to perform the role you know it but so they're wasting our time they're wasting their time and quite honestly that's this individual is now blacklisted we're not going to work with them because I don't feel that they have the judgment that they need to be effective in the role Right. And it's more than just a job. You know, Uh, we want to make sure that the people we work with are really passionate about what they're doing and the difference they're making in the industry. And if they're just looking for a job, I mean, I know we all have to pay our bills. I totally get it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, just doing anything, um, you know, doesn't translate to being passionate about it, which is what we really want to make sure we deliver. Yeah. And we do try to be respectful in telling these individuals if they're underqualified, that, by the way, if you didn't read the job description, you know that you don't meet the qualifications. We're a lot nicer than that whenever we let them know that. But we do respond back. We do let them know, you know, we're having a hard time bridging to the requirements in the position. And we had a gal actually that applied, kind of did a very similar thing. She didn't apply to 12, but she applied to several. And two weeks later, she applied to all of them again. Two weeks after that, she applied to all of them again. Now, there's a difference between being persistent, which I absolutely applaud, and just pure rebellion. You don't qualify. Why are you applying without explaining why you're applying? And if we've told you you don't qualify, and we have no leeway, we're, as a talent acquisition company, are hired by the companies that we support to find individuals that meet certain qualifications. We can't sidestep that. Mm Mm-hmm. We can't. I mean, if they say they need two years of oncology, they're only going to look at candidates that have two years of oncology. You know, we might be able to sidestep it down to 18 months if somebody is like super qualified in another area. But there's there's not that much leeway that we can give. It is what it is. And while we can offer as much support as we can to those candidates who really want to break into the business, they're not making themselves look good and they're damaging their brand whenever they're not being thoughtful about their application processes. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Gosh, this has been such a great discussion. I'm so sorry we're out of time. <laughs> we could talk about this for ages. We have got so many other topics coming down uh, the pipeline, so stay tuned. Thank you so much, Angela and Natalie, for joining us today. Thanks, everybody out there listening. We really hope this discussion will help you and your newbie colleagues as you start the CRA journey. And at CRA Resources, we understand you have so many options when it comes to selecting which clinical recruiting company 
company to partner with. We take pride in working with the highest quality CRAs and site managers. We also only work with quality pharmas, biotechs, medical device companies, and CROs who recognize the importance and value of a CRA's role. So feel free to reach out to us at creresources.com for more info about our firm, and we really can't wait to work with you.